two wheels. The front wheel, which is closer to me, uh, is like a large circle. The one behind is a quarter of the size. So in 1905, the largest copper coin at the time was a penny. There was a, penny, uh, there was a type of coin made of copper that was worth a quarter of a penny for a farthing, which was a quarter of the size of it, hence the shape of this bike, with a wheel at the front and one quarter of its size at the back. It's a very, very dangerous kind of transportation, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Above the back wheel, at about the height of your ankles, there, maybe a little bit higher actually, maybe your shins actually, there is a piece of metal which is quite small, about the size of my pinky finger, sticking towards you, towards you from the bike. That's called a mount. Now you would use that to get onto the bicycle, and there were two ways of being able to do this. There was either a standing mount, where from a standing position, as we all are, you would put your left foot on the mount and then hoist your right leg over the bicycle so that you could sit on it. Or there's the running mount, which is the same you take a runner at it. Both of which, to me, sound incredibly dangerous. <laughs> the bicycle today is um, secured against the wall with rivets, just so that people can see it and it doesn't clatter on them. If you were really to use this, I think if you were going to take a running mount, it probably would clatter on top of you, I'm afraid. Um, in colour, it's a kind of rusty brown, and in patches there are orange bits of rust on it, because this bicycle does date to about 1880. The idea where it was made? Or? It was made in London in Lambeth. Okay. Um, it was made um, basically quite early on as far as ordinary bicycles go. It's one of the earlier ones. Now, it did continue to be made for about 30 or so years, this type of ordinary bicycle. We know this is an early one because of the fact it doesn't have pneumatic rubber tyres on it. There are just base metal tyres here, making up the wheels. The pneumatic rubber tyres, which we take for granted today on cars, carts, bicycles today, was invented in 1888 by John Boyd Dunlop. And Dunlop obviously today still made tyres as well. Now the fact that there's no softening, cushioning rubber on this would mean this would be quite an uncomfortable ride. <laughs> as you can imagine, yeah. There's an earlier form of bicycle even than this, which equally didn't have rubber tyres on that was called a bone shaker, because as you went along, you literally rattled and shaked the tires. Not on public display, we do own one in our, in our sort of wider collections. We have got a bunch of Actually, interestingly, as you asked that, uh, in 2012, we had a temporary exhibition called London Cycles, where we had five bicycles in our entrance foyer, showing the progression from that bone shaker I mentioned right through to the Santander cycle scheme bikes that are out on the streets today, what you might know as Boris bikes. Um, on this bicycle, on the handlebars, there is only one brake. We take for granted today that you have two brakes, one which is on the right-hand side of the handlebars, which controls the brake on the front wheel, one on the left-hand side of the handlebars with a brake that controls the back wheel. So that in an emergency, should you need to sh uh, stop it quickly, you can squeeze onto both and stop in a short distance. This bicycle only has one brake on the right-hand side controlling the brake on the front wheel. So should you need to stop quickly, you're probably going to skid to a fairly long stop. The fact that this frame makes a capital D will mean that if you do have to do that, possibly your front wheel, which is loose from the back wheel, will do what's called fishtailing and sort of make 
any way you choose to stop quickly is probably going to be pretty dangerous. Absolutely there is. Completely there is a danger of that. Yeah, you can just come flying over your handlebars and land in front of the bike. How would you stop? Because on a bike now, Exactly, you can't do that, can you? Absolutely. You literally have to go on the side. People got quite good at that, um, but you, um, the pedal is on the front wheel at about my knee height, so it would take quite a lot of practice to be able to do that. You can't just put your foot down. And another thing, too, and um, when you use when when you, when you transport, are you sure you might be scared depending on pressure? I would be terrified. <laughs> I think maybe if you do it regularly, you may have a bit more confidence, but I would be absolutely terrified. I saw one time in the park last year, driving. Maybe it has a different and softer wheel, but driving. Driving pretty badly, I mean, people ride you disciples. Apparently, people still ride pretty badly. I would choose to do it personally, um, but I guess with practice, you can do it. Um, How do you get on there? As I said, the, the mount uh, is part of the back wheel. You would put your left foot on the mount and then push yourself over. Halfway forward, halfway forward, there is a knob of metal pointing upwards, which is again about 50 in height. That's where the seats would have been. There isn't one there now to stop people climbing on the bike, because it is from about 18 days, so we don't really want them climbing all over it. But that's what it would have been, about halfway along the bike. Now, women, would be even braver than men if they would choose to use this because remember they're wearing very long dresses, can't show off any skin in their ankles. To be able to mount onto a bike like this up in the air wearing a long dress I think would be virtually impossible. In fact it was. And the, the skill was to be a woman uh, designing your dress so that you could get on. People would have different kinds of cleats that they could pull from the side and sort of gap between the legs and things. But increasingly, women started to wear shorter and shorter skirts as they rode bicycles. Now, obviously, you can imagine the kind of outcry this brought about with men, especially from the church and doctors and things like that. They saw this as women's morals going out the window. So not only do you have to be brave to ride it, you also have to be brave because you get some catcalls, whistles, and abuse as you rode it. The main reason men didn't like it is because remember in the Victorian era, it's kind of the same moral stance as way back in the Roman times. Women were to be in the home only, out on the streets, they should neither be seen nor heard. It was the name of the mad world, basically. The fact that you could own a bicycle and go where you liked, when you liked, was seen as incredibly dangerous to the kind of world that the men inhabited. That was going to come crashing around their ears if they allowed women to go and sort of look around the world and be by themselves. So, in a very, I think, quite horrible way, certain members of the church invented a new position for some of their parishioners, which was the job of being a cycling chaperone for women. I.e., they wouldn't let women cycle by themselves, they would always have someone cycling with them, so at all times the men knew where they were. And the same bike? Not the same bike. Interestingly, though, there were standards for many and one of the people, remarkably, one of the people we know owned a tandem penny farthing which had four wheels was Arthur Conan Doyle, the writer of the short oh, poem stories. There's an amazing press photo from the Strand magazine where he had his short poems book, uh, short story published um, with him and his first wife Louisa on a tandem penny farthing. 
It looks very odd. It had four wheels, as I say, two of the large ones in the centre, a small at the back, and a small at the front as well. And the two seats sort of in the, in the middle, one in front of the other. It actually would have been more stable because it had the front and back wheel. So it's like having stabilisers on the bike, but you've still got the trouble of getting up onto it. So I think it still wouldn't be particularly easy or safe, to be honest. Um, yeah, and, and to be perfectly honest, getting off again is pretty dangerous as well. Now remember that there isn't a nice soft rubber tyre, it means that that's another even mechanism that we were cycling was because as it sort of bounced along, they were worried that women wouldn't be able to bear children, they would have miscarriages, and all of their other delicate internal organs would be damaged. So as well as being very sexist, they're also kind of using spurious uh, medical nonsense as well to stop women from cycling. Now, the bicycle we have today did exist in the Victorian times. At that stage, though, it had a different name. The penny farthing was called the ordinary bicycle. The bike we know of today was called a velocipede in the Victorian era. And there was actually quite a lot of competition between riders of velocipedes and riders of ordinary bicycles. There were races held between the riders of the two forms of bicycle. The most famous one took place between Hyde Park in London and the south coast of England at Brighton. It was done annually and was very, very popular, not just with riders, but also with members of the public as well. The Tour of France today goes through France. Last year actually had a stage in England, and huge numbers of people came out to line the street to watch and cheer. That was what this race was like. Thousands of people came out to cheer on their favourite riders and were watching the Now, unfortunately, I don't know how regularly a penny farthing rider won, but 